Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Today we have part two of our interview with Dwight Johnson, author of The Transparent Leader. He's gonna talk about his stories, knowing great men of faith and Christian leadership. You're gonna love this interview. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On today's show, we have part two out of three in our newsmaking and historic interview with my dear friend, Dwight Johnson, who is author of these two books, The Transparent Leader and The Transparent Leader Two, has literally interviewed and become a biographer of 41 Christian leaders in contemporary history. Welcome back, Dwight Johnson, to the program. Thank you, Chap, nice to be with you. So on yesterday's program, if people missed it, we talked about your, in, your relationship with Christian leaders that write chapters of this book, or you help them biographize, if that's a word, uh, their, their own stories, including men like Tim LaHaye, Tom Landry, Chuck Colson, Bill Armstrong, that was yesterday's show. Today we're gonna talk about Ken Blanchard, Adolph Coors, Bill McCartney, Hank Brown, Will Perkins. But first, I want to just remind people a little bit about who you are. You're not just an author, you are literally one of America's preeminent evangelical leaders. Uh, you were on the board of directors at Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You started out in Colorado as a, a three-sport athlete. Talk about your, your relationship with FCA. Well, I, I just, uh, my youth pastor at uh, Central Presbyterian Church in 1956 said, I want you and your brothers to go up there on a scholarship from the church to the first Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp in Estes Park, Colorado. August 19th to the 23rd, and uh, we're gonna send you up there. And so the very first morning, Monday morning the 20th, the uh, our huddle leader asked how many of us were born again, and we thought he was talking a French language. And uh, so we all opened our Bibles to uh, John 3, 3, and read about the story of Nicodemus and Jesus talking at night so that Nicodemus wouldn't be seen by the street people because he was the most powerful, the most wealthy, and the most influential man at that time. And uh, I talked about being born of the water and the spirit. So all 12 of us in that huddle prayed the prayer of commitment and convinced. We turned our lives over to Christ and asked him to come in and take over and change my life. Amazing. And through your relationship with FCA over the years, you've gotten to know many really dynamic celebrities. Yesterday we were talking about Tom Landry, the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but what was the first year that you had season tickets to see the Denver Broncos? I was the first season ticket owner of the Denver Broncos in 1960. My priority was 170 out of 76,000. And I can remember being in one of 800 people in that stadium. The first five years, the Broncos, the largest crowd we had was 2,500 people. <laughs> and talk about amazing as to where it is today. The most sought after yeah. season tickets in the world are the Denver Bronco tickets. And that was the same year, 1960, that Tom Landry became first year coach of the Dallas Cowboys. How did you get to know him? Through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. 
of one of the summer conferences up at Estes Park in the middle 60s. And Lamar Hunt, who at that time owned the Texas... Uh... No, Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, and Lamar Hunt and I sat alphabetically next to each other at the uh, International uh, Board of Fellowship Christian Athletes in the 70s. Now, yesterday we talked about <coughs> how Tom Landry wrote one of the chapters in your book, The Transparent right. Leader, but you were telling me a, a funny story when we were off camera. I want you to relay that about how Tom Landry became a member of the Ring of Fame. He, he was part owner of the Dallas Cowboys? Well, he was given an ownership position by the Murkersons, Clinton John Murkerson, when they bought the team. And uh, when they had to sell the team in 89, 29 years later, um, Tom gave his ownership position back to the Murkersons because that's the kind of a guy he is. For free. And uh, absolutely. And uh, that's how he got it. And so uh, he felt like if he could help them and they were in a jam, he wanted to do that. But the amazing thing was that uh, it was our understanding that he was uh, going to be the coach of the new ownership. And they fired him. And he felt so badly about that that he would not allow his uh, name to be put into the ring of champions. And about five years later, uh, he found out that a number of the other Dallas uh, Cowboys that should have been in the ring of champions, whose jerseys were retired when they went into the ring of champions, um, wouldn't go in unless he was in it. So he called me up one day and we were talking about it. And he said, I, I've, I've got a dilemma. And I said, well, I think you've made it perfectly clear to the public that you uh, uh, didn't appreciate the way you were treated. But uh, the facts are, uh, I think you need to go into it. And my suggestion is you put your fedora in there. And uh, because you don't have a jersey, all the other guys in the ring of champions had jerseys because they played for the Cowboys. So Tom did, he put his fedora in there, 1960 to 1989. And uh, then all the other guys went in there, and they retired their jerseys. 29 years head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and one of your personal friends, he's been in your house many times uh, and God rest his memory. Uh, what, a, what a great example of Jesus Christ in the way that he carried out his leadership style. He writes a chapter about that? No, he didn't write any. None of these guys wrote chapters. Okay. Chap. I wrote the chapters. It was their lives, and I took recordings of their lives. I was very close to all of them, and uh, it was part of that relationship that I wanted people to know. But each uh, one signed off on his biography. My and... caveat with them was I would, do, I would write the chapter. We'd send it to them. They could add or subtract whatever they wanted. But when it left them, it went right to the publisher, and they checked the punctuation, if they'd added anything to it or subtracted anything, and then it went to print. One of the men that you write about is Ken Blanchard, who is a award-winning author, business coach. Talk about Ken. Well, Ken's fantastic. He wrote The One Minute Manager, and uh, his whole philosophy of uh, life and his management tenure was how do we make better managers out of managers? And uh, you're right, he's written, I don't know, maybe a dozen books. He and his uh, wife lived there in uh, San Diego, and uh, he's continued to be a, a, a stalwart for Jesus. He is uh, one of the few really great writers, authors uh, of management books who's been willing to come out on the point for Jesus Christ. And he makes it very, very clear in, his, in the way he conducts his life, in the way he writes, in the way he speaks. And so it's, uh, it was wonderful. I got to know him in a, in a Bible study that we were together on, maybe 20 years ago, once a week.
and um, he's a, he's a very uh, a profound thinker, and he uh, he he got so much of his thinking from uh, several of the great management gurus. But he, he but he brought that blend of management thinking in when he wrote about uh, his love for Jesus and how that so heavily impacted his life. And the, his most famous book, The One Minute Manager, in, in, a, in a nutshell, if I remember right, is basically that the business leader needs to think in the present and pay attention, use this one minute to pay such personal attention to the person or the issue that is right in front of you. And that's a, a leadership style that he learned from Jesus, who is the ultimate leader. Exactly, and that's the way he relates it in that One Minute Manager book. And it's just fantastic. Well, yeah, I think he sold over 15 million copies of it, and it still sells several hundred thousand of copies a year because it is so profound in its perspective. Think, think that many years ago it was that profound, and here it is today. Many, many managers are requiring their executives to read that book still. And he's a friend of yours, and you got him to approve the, the contribution of a chapter in your book. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Dwight Johnson's relationship with men like Adolf Coors and Bill McCartney. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. I even demanded my own misdemeanor court-martial, and finally Congress agreed with me and reversed the bad Navy policy. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign that petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please visit PrayInJesusName.org and sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. You know, people ask me, chaps, we're watching on this network. We've already set our DVR to record your shows, but our friends, don't have this network, or maybe they can't watch at this time. Did you know we are on demand on 10 different platforms? You can tell your friends to find this show, PIJN News, on their Roku box or their Amazon Fire box. Just look under the religion or news categories. Or maybe you have a smartphone or your friends or grandchildren can find us on Android TV, Google TV, Smart TV, or iTunes. Of course, we're always on the internet, Look for us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, or better yet, subscribe to our daily email alerts at PrayInJesusName.org. It's important that you share all of these available platforms with your friends so we can mobilize all of the body of Christ to pray the news and change the world. Would you join us? Visit PrayInJesusName.org to learn more. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Dwight Johnson, author of The Transparent Leader and The Transparent Leader Two. Dwight, you have relationships with so many of these contemporary evangelical leaders that uh, you were able to write biographies 
and get them to approve each one of them. Talk about Adolf Coors. Well, Ad and I, that was a great story. His wife, BJ, and my first wife, Betsy, were in the same Junior League provisional class there in Denver. And so one of the requirements of the Junior League provisional class members, new members, was to go around the city in a bus and see the different aspects of the city that they could talk about to new people to the city and, and uh, people who wanted to know more about it. And Ad and I sat in the back of the bus as they went around town, and we were sitting there talking. Ad would say, what are we doing here? I said, well, we're supporting our wives. And he says, oh, yeah, that's right. What are we doing here? <laughs> and uh, Ad had a great sense of humor. But as we got to know each other, because we were both born and raised there in, in Colorado, um, his story became so impactful for me as to how he came to Christ and why it had changed his life so much. And it had saved his marriage and it had saved his family. And, and, and then he decided to leave the company, the Coors companies, and, and spend his life, the next 22 years of his life, telling his story in different parts of the United States about how, how God had so transformed his life and how it saved his marriage and how it saved his family and he was, he was such a tremendous sphere of influence with men in particular. But he, he did a number of speaking engagements at National Day of Prayer events and things like that. So um, I he, had him He tells a story of a terrible tragedy that happened in his family. Well, several tragedies. The worst one, of course, was when his father was, uh, was kidnapped, held for ransom, and butchered literally butchered. They found his body parts in seven different garbage bags in a dump. And um, the amazing thing for me, for, for Ad, was that for the next 17 years, he was so remorse because his dad wasn't just his dad, he was his best friend. And when they finally found the, the uh, murder and it gave him a life sentence, he went down to Buena Vista on several different occasions to see the prisoner. And the prisoner wouldn't see him. And, uh, and finally, the warden said to the prisoner, do you know why Mr. Coors wants to see you? And he said, well, I'm sure he wants to kill me. No, no, he said he didn't want to kill you. He said he wants to ask you to forgive him for the anger that he's had so much in his life that it practically destroyed him. Oh, my gosh. And it so, convert, it, it so converted the prisoner that they actually gave him an early out, and, and he went out and changed his life out on the West Coast until so he died. So the prisoner came to Christ because Adolf Coors not only forgave the prisoner for killing his father, but asked the prisoner to forgive Adolf for his own anger about that incident. That's right, which totally, almost totally consumed him. And I mean, that story just was so electrifying to me. Matter of fact, David Jeremiah, the famous pastor out in San Diego said that Ad Coors' story on forgiveness is the greatest message on forgiveness he's ever heard. And it reminds me of what Jesus did when he was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, the ones who are crucifying me, for they know not what they do. Exactly. And so Ad and BJ espoused Christ all their lives and still are. And that story is in this book. That's uh, right. We, we got to move on to Bill McCartney, the coach of the Colorado University CU Buffs, national champion and a friend of yours. Very good friend of mine. Matter of fact, I was one of the uh, founders of the Flatirons Club up at the University of Colorado, was a graduate there. And uh, when we interviewed Mac in the final interview, uh, he said, look guys, if you're looking for a coach that, that's gonna win games, 
I'm not your man. But he said, if you're looking for a man who's going to help build men, we'll win our share of games, believe me. Well, that so changed so many of us. It was just such a blessing to hear a man's heart like that and his willingness to convey that message in his last interview. And then, of course, he came in. We hired him as our, our coach at CU. His first year was 111. And then it gradually increased to the point where eight years later, seven years later, really, he won the national championship 12-0, went to the Rose Orange Bowl and won that. But the most important thing about Mac was his love for Jesus. And that was just the beginning of his career because after that, he started... Promise uh, Keepers. Promise Keepers. That's Talk about right. the, they had stadiums full of men worshiping Jesus. I was in uh, Broncos Stadium, 55,000 men at a Christian rally learning what? Learning about how Jesus has in, had impacted Bill McCartney's life so demonstrably that he started the Promise Keepers so that men, <coughs> excuse me, would learn to keep their promises. That was a big thing for Mac. Mac said that men weren't keeping their promises to their wives, to their families, to even to their business partners. And that's why that's why when I gave him a copy of the of the High Ground Associates quarterly newspaper, he read in there uh, an article about how men weren't keeping their promises. Yeah. And so he called me back two weeks later and he said, Dwight, he says, you've given me the name of our new organization. Promise Keepers. And we're going to call it Promise Keepers. That is pretty cool. And I cool. thought, wow, was that something else? Because that all came out of when I'd asked him to come back to do a fundraising event for our Fellowship of Christian Athletes in our Southern California uh, chapter there in San Diego. And that movement has led so many men to Christ. We're going to have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to ask about Hank Brown and Will Perkins. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. By now you're enjoying our daily news program, PIJN News, and where else are you gonna see a TV news anchor stop and pray with his audience after every story? We are unique, and we're changing the world in three ways. Number one, we're bringing you daily news from a Christian perspective, news-making interviews. Number two, we are mobilizing thousands of people to pray to God to join us and change world history as it unfolds. And number three, we are sending thousands of petitions to Congress. I know you want to partner with us, and we have a new method to do that. It's by donating your loose change on a daily basis. Well, if you're like me, most people actually don't carry many coins in their pocket because we're an electronic society. We're donating uh, through credit cards or debit cards. We're making daily purchases, and we don't have coins. So how can you donate your loose change? Well. We have an easy system where we've partnered with His Kingdom Funding for a secure automatic donation to round up every purchase that you make to the nearest dollar. Well, what do I mean by that? Let's say you go and you buy a cup of coffee and, and a, a bagel and the, the purchase is $5.75. And you swipe your credit card. Well, because you've signed up your card with our system, it'll be rounded up to $6 and that 25 cent difference will be donated to our ministry automatically. And you don't even have to think about it. You're rounding up to the next dollar, you're donating your spare change to us on a, on a regular basis, and you're changing the world with PIJN News. Just visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and click on the Loose Change icon. 
It'll take you through an automatic sign-up process, and at the end of the year, you will get a tax-deductible receipt of your giving for the entire year. So help us change the world today. Visit PrayInJesusName.org and partner with us to change the world. God bless you in Jesus' name. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined for one more segment. But this is only part two of our three-part interview. On tomorrow's program, we're gonna have uh, George W. Bush, Tom Osborne, Rosie Greer, Jim Groen, Bill Kennedy, Josh McDowell. Those are just some of the celebrities that are acquainted with my dear friend, Dwight Johnson. Dwight, you've written this two-part book series, The Transparent Leader. It's available on what website? www.transparentleader.com. And two more celebrities that you have written a biography about here, I wanna talk about today, Senator Hank Brown and business leader Will Perkins. How do you know Hank Brown? Well, Hank's mom and my mom were in each other's weddings 82 years ago. So we go back pretty far. Matter of fact, of the 41 men in the two books, he and I are the, uh, go back to further. She's my longest and dearest friend. And he, you knew him when he was a state representative and then state senator and eventually U.S. senator. U.S. Congressman first, U.S. Senator, President of the uh, University of Northern Colorado Greeley, President of the University of Northern Colorado Boulder, President of the $1.6 billion Daniels Education Foundation. All three of those. And we have a picture of Hank Brown in the Oval Office with President George H.W. Bush, 41, uh, and I think that's Senator John McCain, a uh, very influential man, but also informed by his faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, Hank, Hank was such a loyal, faithful man, still is. And, uh, and it was uh, and a, a very unfortunate incident that he and his dad and his brother had when uh, Hank was too ill to go hunting with the, his dad and his brother one, one Saturday morning. And uh, his brother was going out to the car and he had carefully taken the chamber of his pistol out and put it in his pocket. And uh, he dropped his glove on the, gr on the driveway and he reached over to pick it up and the chamber dropped out of his pocket and discharged on a, on a rock and the driveway went through his heart and killed him instantly. His brother. His brother, oh. Hank's brother, two-year-old Harry. And it was such a, a, such a difficult thing for Hank and Hank's mom that uh, she took Hank and uh, left his dad, took him to the West Coast, and raised him there in the California school system until he graduated high school. And then he came back to the University of Colorado and went on to be the president of the student body at University of Colorado his senior year. And you knew him way back then. Well, we knew each other in, 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 in yeah, playpens. <laughs> I mean, that's right. Because our moms that were sorority sisters together and they were in each other's weddings, as I said, 82 years ago. So you get to know some the kids pretty well. Amazing. Uh, and he has written or helped you co-author a biography, a chapter in these books. Uh, talk for a moment about my dear friend, Will Perkins. Will Perkins has been a guest on our show and he was author of Amendment 2, but he also talks about his faith in Christ as the, a used car salesman. It's kind of funny. Well, Will was my last business partner in Colorado. He and I owned a little a ranch down in Rye, Colorado together for all over 35 years. And uh, every week uh, we, we were investors in a, a Christian engineering firm together down there in Rye. And so once a month I'd drive down, I'd leave my car there at Perkins Motors 
and he'd get in a new car and we'd drive down and we'd spend six hours together going all the way down there to the board meeting and having dinner together and then coming back. And, uh, I've never, I have never known a man who I love more and, and respected more than Will Perkins. He was always willing to come out on the point for his love for Jesus Christ. He and his wife, Bess, have been two incredible examples of that for anybody and everybody that's known him. And in the city, I'll never forget when I did a talk show with our mutual friend, Vince Stacchioli. Yeah. And I asked Vince if I could bring Will with me, and he said, I'd love to have Will. Well, we spent two hours. And one of the issues that came up on that was when I asked Will, Will, tell the listening audience about your situation with your dad and rolling back speedometers. Well, he said, you know, I was back in the shop one day and I saw these long, dark curtains in the corner and I went over and I asked the guys what they were doing in there and they said, well, we're rolling back speedometers. His father was the founder of Perkins Motors. Perkins Motors in Colorado Springs. He was. And uh, so he went in and asked his dad, what in the world's going on? His dad said, well, everybody's doing it and we've got to do it to sell used cars. It's a lot easier to sell a car with 30,000 miles than it is 60,000 miles. And Will said, gee, dad, I, I just don't think that's right. Well, just shortly thereafter, his dad had a massive heart attack and died. And Will took over. And one of the first things he did back there was to get all of his people together. And he said, look, folks, we're not going to roll back speedometers anymore. It's not honest. It's not the right thing to do. And as Christians, we're making a statement the way we run our business. We're not going to do it. He went all over town and found out that they were all doing it. But at the risk of losing his business, literally, he stopped rolling back the speedometers. And you know, that was tough, that first nine, 10 months of transition. But they all stayed with him. They all supported him and all of his people. And to this day, he's gone on to be one of the leading Chrysler dealers. He's been in twice the elected States. national president of the Chrysler Dealers Association. And the only uh, person that ever was. And uh, really, his faith in Christ informs his integrity, and he writes about that in The Transparent Leader. Absolutely. So, Dwight, I want to pray with you. We only have less than a minute left, but you have really educated me. Listening to these tapes as I drive back and forth around Colorado, uh, as to the meaning of Christ and its importance in being a Christian leader, would you lead us in prayer? Oh, Father God, we're so grateful for men like chaps who are willing to stand up to be counted for their faith. We're so grateful for the opportunity to share our faith with you and with the listening audience, Father. And we pray that you'll give everybody that's listening a very special Christmas season this year and that the new year with a new president will be a wonderful, wonderful new year for this great country of ours because we still are one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And thank you, Jesus, for that opportunity. Amen. Amen. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. On tomorrow's show, Dwight will talk about George W. Bush. We'll see you then. Today, I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But 
Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.